Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's uh, Cyber Church Ministry. You know something? Man, we are living in times that it is so crucial that we understand what's going on, that we have our heart open to God. And let me just tell you this. Uh, it doesn't really matter what happens out in the world. It really doesn't, nothing matter, doesn't matter what prophecies you hear. Nothing matters other than this. Are you intimately connected to God? Can you hear the voice of God in your heart? And will you follow, will you respond to how God is leading you through the times that we are in? You know something, uh, I've been seeing this you know, with all of the things that are going on around the world, or, and particularly all the things that are going on in America. You know, over and over and over again, you just see people who, who are desperately, desperately, desperately uh, confused. And, and people are making the crucial mistake that we have made for generations. Uh, and that is people are waiting and want for God to tell them what's going on in the world. And sadly, most of the time they're looking to someone outside of themselves. They're looking to someone to give them a prophecy. They want a dream. They want some kind of supernatural encounter where, you know, where God speaks to him. Well, keep in mind, one of the things we have to realize about the new covenant, according to the book of Hebrews, and there's one of these new covenant factors that is both a blessing and a curse. And what determines if it's a blessing or curse is your heart, what you really do with it. In the new covenant, the Bible says, no more shall ever man teach his neighbor saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least to the greatest, because I'm going to write all of my laws and my and my commandments and all that that implies on their hearts. Now, so in the old covenant, people, they had to go to priests, prophets. You know, they had, they had to go to judges. They had to go to, to different people to hear from God for them. You know, I think about the children of Israel and how they would, they would go in for the feast. They're going for the Passover. They're going for the Day of Atonement. And, and, and the high priest, you know, would go into... Uh, the holy place, and then he would take the offering into you know into the holy of holies, and you're out there. You're not seeing what's going on. You're not hearing what God is saying to him. And whatever God says to him, uh, when he comes out and tells you, you just have to take his word for it. That's that's all you've got to go on is is what what is God saying to somebody else, and I've got to take their word for it. Well, God says in this covenant that he's going to write all of his laws, all of his commandments on your heart and all that they imply. Now, that's really important because we're not talking about the legalistic way that people tend to interpret the laws and the commandments. We're talking about what God really intended. Uh, and because what he intended was that we walk in love. What he intended was that we treat other fairly. What he intended was for us to actually have justice in the world for people that were in difficult, challenging situations. So he said, I'm going to write all that on the heart. Well, then what does that mean? That means that I can't listen to and recognize the voice of my heart. I can never really know what God is saying. So the good news is, 
I don't have to go find a prophet. I don't have to go find somebody with a word. I don't have to go find somebody that's having dreams and revelations. Uh, I just listen to my heart. And uh, of course, that's kind of the bad news because people don't want to listen to the heart. You know, we're, we're sort of like the children of Israel. Whenever Moses got them out of Egypt and God wanted to speak to the whole nation, they said, no, oh, we don't want to talk to God. You, you, go, you go talk to God and you come back and tell us what he said. It was an amazing thing how we do not want to develop that intimate relationship with God where we hear the voice of God in our own heart, where we understand what God is saying. We understand what God is doing right now in this situation. Well, I want you to understand something. God wants to speak to you personally. He wants to speak to, he wants to lead you individually into how to have victory, how to be an overcomer in any situation that you're facing. And, you know, just like sometimes I'll have friends call me and they're in, they're in a state where uh, certain things are happening in a certain way and the laws are different in that state. And they're saying, what should we do? And I'm like, I can't tell you what to do, you know, because where you live is different than where I live. The laws are different. What's happening there is different. What's important is what is God speaking to your heart? And most people are so consumed with fear. They're so consumed with trepidation. They have no clue when God is speaking to them or when their emotions are just running out of control. Now, we talked about this a little bit, and I just want to touch on it again. The, the Hebrew word for hear and obey is the same word, which means we cannot hear God say anything that we would be unwilling to obey. And so God has given us ways. And we talked about last week about, read, about reading the signs. And this week we're talking about how to read the signs. How, how do I really understand the signs? And how do I really actually read the signs? Well, again, the problem is when we get ready to read the signs, we, go to, we want something uh, miraculous. We want something mysterious. We want something far out. We want something, you know, uh, 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 strange. And, and we want signs in the sky and all this kind of stuff. Well, I got news for you. God's already given you the main thing that you need to know to understand how to read the signs. If you don't do it, then it doesn't really matter what God tries to say to you. You're, you're, you're not going to hear it. If you are not willing to apply and listen to what God has to say, then that he's already said to you, then he, there's not, no matter what he says, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to go with it. Now, God warns us very strictly. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 talks about it. Uh, uh, Luke 6, uh, 36, 37, 38 talks about it. God warned us of the damage we do to ourselves and we do to other people when we pass judgments. But the problem is the whole concept of what it means to judge someone has been twisted. You know, if a, if, a, if a person today, your average person, if you were to catch them doing something, lying to you, stealing from you or whatever, and if you were to challenge them about, all right, you, you've stolen from me or you're being, you are, you're being a thief, their response would be, you're judging me. Well, no, if, if you steal and you get caught, you're a thief. Uh, well, you're you're already a thief, but, but but now it's known by other people. It's not a judgment when somebody labels you for doing what you're doing. The concept of judgment that we have to avoid. See, uh, now that we have made ourselves our own gods, we are constantly determining good and evil for ourselves. And so when we push God out of the picture, the way we determine good and evil is based on 
our subjective opinion. It's not based on what God says is good and evil. Let me say this, by the way. The word good uh, in the Hebrew always points to not just so, it points to something being pleasant, something being enjoyable, something being beneficial, but it also points to harmonizing with God. And so the concept of something being good is, does it harmonize with God? Does it harmonize with God's word? And if it harmonizes with God and his word, one of the things you know is it's going to produce good results. It's always going to produce life, peace, righteousness, joy, all of these things. It's going to heal relationships, not blow up relationships. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to uh, bring more justice. It's not going to bring more injustice. And the word evil isn't just about something being bad. It's about something being, uh, it's about something being destructive. It's about something being chaotic. But it's also about being out of harmony with God. Therefore, what it produces in your life and the lives of other people is, is going to be destructive. And so in our attempt to judge good and evil for ourselves, we usually do it by deter trying to determine why someone did something. Now, for example, if you, if you lie to me, and I catch you in that lie, and particularly if you lie to me more than once, I say, you know, I've got a problem with you. You're, you're a liar. You know, you know, then you're going to blow up. I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. You're judging me. No, if I was judging you, I would be assuming to know why you're lying. I don't, and, and so I'm trying to determine if it's good and evil based on my opinion, my judgment about why you're doing it. Now, one of the things that has happened to uh, our nation, it's come through our educational system, it's come through mental health organizations, and that is, you know, in our, in the last 50, 60 years, the whole concept of, of relative values, uh, there are no absolute values, there, there's nothing is absolute, so good and evil then becomes something that is, that is determined by us making judgments. Well, the, the end result of that is, um, everybody has been delivered from accountability. Everybody has been delivered from responsibility because any time you get caught doing something, all you got to do is you're judging me. You're judging me. Now, uh, there's a lot we could go into about that and how this plays into all of the civil unrest, you know, that we're facing in the world today. And I'm, I don't want to get off track, even though it's incredibly valuable. I don't want to get off track because there's something very specific I want to get into here. So God warns us about all the damage that we can do to ourselves and we do to other people if we pass a judgment. Because keep in mind, once you pass a judgment, once you assume to know why someone is doing something, then it affects you, according to the Bible, it affects you as if it's true. It doesn't have to be true. So here's one of the things you want to realize this. If you, if you are white or black, American, you know, native uh, indigenous population, if you're Chinese, Japanese, whatever, whatever, whatever your background is, if something happens to you or somebody maybe in your estimation is less than kind to you or, or you don't like the way they respond to you, then a judgment would be to say you're doing that because I'm black or you're doing that because I'm white or you're doing that because I'm a native American or you're doing that for this reason. In other words, this is why you're doing it. Now, here's the problem. The problem is once you pass that judgment, the way the brain works, the way the heart works, the way the nervous system works, the way the whole body works is you feel it and you experience as if that's the real reason when it may have absolutely nothing to do with it. But we have been taught for the last 50, 60 years, like I say, through public education, through mental health organizations, through really through 
goofed up churches and through all kinds of religions, we have been taught to pass judgments. And most of what the world is angry about right now is not what's really happening. It's their judgment about what's really happening. And the amazing thing is we have been so immersed into passing our own judgment. Which remember, this is the epitome of playing God. When, man, when sin came into the world, the one thing man wanted was to be able to judge good and evil for himself and not depend on God's determination of good and evil. So, so we got it. And now that we've got it, what do we got? We got people killing each other. We got murders. We got wars. We got all kinds of things going on. And mo nearly none of it is based on anything that is really happening. It's based on the judgments, our assumptions, our opinions about why it's happening. But let me show you something really, really interesting here. And, you know, one of the things I want us to get an understanding, and I don't know how much we can go in this to today, is how did we get here? Now, let me just mention this. You know, um, I have an incredible book that really explains everything about how America and the world got to where it is. It's really, really clear. It's really, really simple. And I want you to understand how we got here. I want you to understand the history of the world based on the word of God. But I also want you to understand how this is going to take us somewhere incredibly destructive. But I want you to know how you don't have to go to that destructive place. You do not have to be destroyed along with everybody else. So I've got a book called Apocalypse, and I've got a great audio series that goes with it. You can check it out, and I'll tell you, uh, you will know more about what's going on in the world when you finish reading that book and listen to that series uh, than probably anybody you know or anybody that, that you're listening to. Now, so we're told not to judge. We're not, we're not supposed to judge a person. So then, then how do I know what's going on? How can I understand the times? What are the signs that I'm supposed to read? And how do I read those signs? Well, the first and foremost important sign that you can read is the fruit. What's happening in somebody's life? What kind of fruit is being produced by their words, by their behavior, by their action? Because you only know what the seed is, and the seed is not just what somebody says, it's the motivation, it's the intention, it's the attitude, it's the belief that's driving the words and the behavior. And when that seed produces a tree or a, a bush or however you want to look at it, that's going to produce some fruit. And that's when you, when you see the fruit, you know what the seed is. You know what the real goal is or the real, or the real intention is behind it. Now, we are, we are covered up with what's called ideologues. Now, an ideologue, and this is pronounced different ways. I've heard it pronounced ideologue, ideologue. I've heard it said different ways. An ideologue, I'm going to give you the basic definition. An adherent of an ideology, especially one who is uncompromising and dogmatic. Now, one of the things that really began to happen in our country about 50 years ago was that ideologues, people in psychology, people in the medical community, but very, people in the educational community, but very much people in the political community, they began to come up with these theories about what would cause people to prosper. They came up with these theories, these ideas about how America could be a better country. Well, an ideologue 
never actually looked at the facts. And so what began to happen was in our schools and again, by our mental health professionals and in churches and in, in all kinds of places of influence across America, people began to teach an ideology. And I'm not saying they all taught the same ideology, but people began to develop these ideologies um, that sounded really good. They looked really good on paper. But if you studied history, you would find that most of those concepts had been tried and tested somewhere in the world and failed utterly, utterly failed and brought pain and misery into people's lives. But the ideologues says, oh, no, 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 it's just subjective. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be God. I'm going to decide what works. I am going to be the one that, that comes up with really what's going to work. And, you know, if it didn't work somewhere else, then, then that was those people's fault. This is a good idea. I know this is a good idea. You know, uh, um, uh, and I, man, there's so many things I want to go into. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I am struggling. I'm struggling this week. I am struggling with my attitude this week, if you really want to know the truth. I, you know, I am so angry. You know, you get up Monday morning and find out that a 20-month-old baby was murdered by some thug gang member. Uh, and then you get today, there's a three-year-old murdered by a stray bullet from a thug gang member. You know, Monday morning, there was a 10-year-old girl that a bullet went through the window of her, of her second-story apartment, hit her in the head and killed her. I'm looking at all of this. I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I am outraged. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to see anybody murdered. I, wanna see, I don't want to see anybody die unjustly. But I'll tell you what, what I'm so angry about. I am so angry that the entire country is being burned down over people that, yep, maybe they've suffered some injustice, but here's something you got to remember. And, and man, when I say this, some of you are going to get mad. Some of you are not going to like this. You know, I believe it's the, is it the Washington Post in one of the most liberal newspapers has kept records for years now on police shootings and all of the Stats, not by a conservative group, but stats by a liberal group says, number one, a white person is twice as likely to get shot by a policeman as a black person. And in 2019, the real truth is twice as many un unarmed white people were killed by police officers as, as black people. Now, I'm sorry about that. I don't, I'm not happy that those people were killed, but something you got to remember is nearly every one of those people was in the act of committing a crime of some kind robbery attempted attempting to kill a police officer uh i mean you, you can just go down the list there might have been a few of them where it was really just an accident i mean uh, you know and but here's the thing what outrages me is not whether they were uh, white or black what outrages me is anytime people are unjustly killed but my real source of outrage is this. I don't understand why nobody is protesting and why nobody's demanding that the legal system work when a three-year-old gets shot, a 20-month-old gets shot, a 14-year-old gets shot, a 10-year-old gets shot. Why are there no voices that are standing up for those people. Well, now, keep in mind, and we're going to look at the scripture on this, the Bible, so we don't have to pass a, we don't have to pass a judgment. 
All we got to do is look at the fruit of something. And here's what the fruit of everything that's happening in America says. All of the fruit says nobody cares about the innocent. Nobody cares about the truly impoverished. Nobody really cares about the people that are suffering. It seems like leaders, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if they're Democrats or Republicans, it seems like the action or inaction of most of our politicians has nothing to do with protecting innocent people, only using other people's tragedies, usually people that are in the act of breaking the law, using their tragedies to boost their political clout and to raise money for whatever it is they're doing. I'm going to tell you something. That makes me furious. And, it, and I'm telling you, it is, time for, it is time for America, and particularly believers, Christians, to be furious about what's going on and, and honestly quit siding with psychopathic, idiotic, murdering groups that have no concern for the innocent. God's word over and over and over tells us that true justice always protects the widows. It always protects the poor. It always protects the innocent. It does not say that it protects the violator. It does not say that it protects the criminal. It does not say that it ignores the people who can't protect themselves and defends the people who could protect themselves. We, this, we've got this whole thing turned completely upside down. We've got to be willing to look at the fruit of, of things if we want to understand what's good and what's evil. We're not judging people. We don't, we never know what the motives of the people involved are because that's in their own heart. But listen to this. Matthew seven fifteen says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there are ravenous wolves. Now I want to understand, I want you to understand something. You know, this whole concept of a false prophet is not so much looking at it from the perspective of, of, uh, of, of the biblical prophet, even though that's the main way we need to see this. But the point is there are people who come and proclaim that they've got the message, they've got the answer, they've got the solution, and they look like sheep. They look harmless. They look like and they sound like that they're trying to help people, but inside they are raving as wolves. Now, you don't have to judge those people. You don't have to sit back and say, oh, I wonder who this is. I'm going to pray about this. No. You know, God doesn't want you judging people. But I tell you what God does want you to judge, the fruit. You can't look at a person and pass a judgment and determine if that person is good or evil just from looking on the outside. You can't determine what's in another person's heart. But I'll tell you what you can determine. You can determine whether or not that person's fruit is good or bad. Verse 16 in Matthew 7 says, you will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from a thorn bush or figs from a thistle? Even so, every tree... Every good tree bears good fruit, good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now listen to this. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down, thrown in the fire, and therefore by, your, by their fruits shall you know them. Now I'm, I'm telling you something. It's crazy what people do. Uh, to try to determine what's good and evil. And, I, you know, I'm just going to say this. I, you know, it, I, this it, I don't know. It enrages me how the innocent are overlooked. It enrages me at, at how people 
uh, will capitalize on the suffering of, of, of other people, but really do nothing to stop the problem. You know, something you want to realize is this. The politicians and the people with special interest organizations, they only benefit as long as there's trouble. They don't, they don't benefit in times of peace. You know, in, a, in ancient China, they had a really interesting medical uh, system in ancient China. In ancient China, when you got you a doctor, you paid that doctor uh, as long as you were well. But when you got sick, you stopped paying that doctor until he got you well. And so all of the incentive was, I need to keep you well. You know, our medical system is just the opposite. All of this incentive is keep giving you more treatments, keep giving you more drugs, get you in for more things. But besides that, that's the way our whole political system works. You know, as far as I'm concerned, any, any city that uh, continuously puts up with crimes, shootings, murders in the street, I'm telling you, somehow the city needs to come together and they need to stop paying the mayor. They need to, they need to, they need to deal with the city council. They need to stop paying the people that are passing laws and letting these things happen. And when they get peace back in the city, start paying me. I got news for you. You're going to suddenly see action when people lose money uh, in chaos and sort of make money. But sadly, right now, the system is designed that, that leaders can lie to people. They can make all kinds of promises that they're never going to keep. They're never going to try to keep. But, they, but what many, many leaders, not all leaders, but what many leaders know is if we ever solve these problems, people will quit giving to my organization. If, if we can't make people feel overwhelmed with fear, they won't vote for me. And so, so the model is this, but the political model in our country is this. Create a problem that puts the people in fear and then make a promise to fix it. Well, you know what, folks? It is just time for us to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am not this stupid. I am not this void of the truth. Uh, you know, I am, I am not going to continually support politicians, political leaders, religious leaders, community. I am not going to continue to emotionally, personally, financially, or otherwise support anybody that, that the more power they get, the more chaos is produced. Their fruit is bad. So the way, the biggest sign we need is not some kind of mysterious sign from God. We don't need a prophecy. We don't need a dream. It's really simple. We just need to look at the fruit. All the problems in America could be ended if we relate it to leaders based on the fruit. I got news for you. In our own lives, all the problem could be ended if Whenever we have chaos in our lives, instead of blaming somebody else, instead of blaming the government, instead of blaming my next door neighbor, instead of blaming my parents, if we just say, well, evidently, uh, uh, evidently, I got some bad seeds going in my life because I got some bad fruit going in my life right now, and just deal with it. Just, just, you know, just get over it. Just deal with it. And say, so if it's producing bad fruit, then it's a bad belief. It's a bad idea. It's a bad whatever. You know something, folks? God wants you to have an incredible life. I, I hope you'll get my book, Apocalypse. I hope you'll get the series, Apocalypse. And this is not about the end of time. This is about discovering 
who Jesus really is. This is about discovering what you really have in God. This is about seeing God as he is so that you can realize how in your situation you can experience God, you can experience God's deliverance, you can experience God's freedom. Listen, all month long, we're going to be, we're going to talk about understanding the times. I'm going to be giving you some practical stuff, some of it you may not be wild about, but it's going to come right out of the Bible and it's going to be proven to work. So be sure and check with me every week. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope it's answering questions for you. I hope you'll stop looking for somebody else to bring you the word of God and you'll just look at the fruit. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.